to be able to create that flexibility in certain sectors was an impossibility. So I had to make a decision and it's a decision that almost every single woman makes. Are you ready to change your life? Welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast, sponsored by Freedom Capital Investments and Berkwood Capital. Your hosts, Linda Brooks and Lisa Hill, are two dynamic multifamily investor syndicators who combined have more than 400 doors in their portfolio and growing. Join them on their journey as they show you it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing. And they'll show you how to do it successfully as a passive investor. And now, here are your hosts, Linda and Lisa. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast. I'm Linda Brooks, and unfortunately, my co-host Lisa Hill is unable to be with us on today. However, we're going to drive forward with an absolutely amazing guest with us today. As you know, Lisa and I are active multifamily real estate investors, and so we find and acquire and improve the value of multifamily real estate property. And it allows us to provide those that increase in value and returns to our passive investors. And that would be you. And so this morning, we have a very, very special guest. You know, we focus on making sure that you, our passive investor is educated, that you have options when it comes to determining where you want to invest your funds. And this morning we have with us, Ms. Michelle Young. She is a Amazing. And you will find out why as we go through our conversation today. So a little bit about Michelle. First of all, she lives in my favorite part of the country, which is the Bay Area. So how could you not be awesome living in the Bay Area? (laughs) But Michelle, she came from a poor immigrant working class family, and she has built millions in net worth thanks to real estate. Along this path, she found herself divorced with a failed business, needing to support two small children and care for her elderly parents simultaneously. As a single mom, she was petrified about her future and she wanted a choice in life, right? She wanted to be able to have flexibility, freedom, and experiences that she couldn't get from her career being a tech professional. So in 2017, Michelle took the ultimate plunge, and she left that career in tech to focus full-time in real estate. She started off purchasing a handful of single-family houses in the Midwest, and then she pivoted to focus on affordable workforce multifamily housing since it gave her a greater chance to make a positive difference in the lives of her tenants, her partners, and herself. She went into this thinking about other people. I just love Michelle. (laughs) So in four short years, she built a multi-million dollar portfolio and more importantly, created a flexible schedule that allowed her to be present for her family and be her own boss. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you very much for the kind intro. Speaking with you, Linda, and everyone on this podcast that's listening, thank you very, very much. We are so excited for you to be here. And I just want you to know that I personally admire what you do. How did you decide to focus on affordable housing, workforce, multifamily? What led you to make that decision? It was primarily driven by my own background growing up. My parents Mm -hmm. struggled when they first moved to this country. They didn't have a lot of money. 
And I see this great need to serve that community, especially now when even this week, Wall Street Journal came up saying that they needed additional 5.5 million in housing units. Wow. Yeah, that's an insane amount. So I know that I'm on the right path because I'm serving a need that's only growing, a demand that's only going to grow. And frankly, we've all heard about that widening gap between the haves and have nots. Mm-hmm. To be able to serve those and raise the living standards of those that have not, mm-hmm. it resonates because I came from it. Awesome. I mean, it just takes a person with an amazing heart to focus in that area. So sorry, I might get a little sentimental. <laughs> well, I will say it, it definitely takes a certain background. Mm-hmm. I'd also say for me, my company is called Difference Capital because I do mm-hmm. difference in the lives of not only my partners and people in the audience, potentially you, myself, my family, my loved ones and the tenants. But Mm -hmm. so that's the reason why I called my company, The Difference. Mm -hmm. It's driven by three P's, that's purpose, profits and people. Mm -hmm. So it's I'm making the same returns for my investors, Mm -hmm. those that are for pure profit. Don't get me wrong, because I want to make sure having a numbers background that it makes this resonates and it makes financial sense. Mm -hmm. Primarily, first and foremost, for my partners, that is the investors, as well as myself. But I do want to, I guess the type of partners I work would be more those that can do well by doing good. Yeah, I like it. So what does your current portfolio consist of? Like what types of communities or tenants do you serve in your current portfolio? They are primarily inner city, inner city multifamily. I have investments across the different states. So I just invested in Mississippi. I was looking into Kansas. I have quite a few investments in um, Northern Ohio, California, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, things of that nature. Just looked at a deal, inner city deal in Columbus, Ohio, just yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly in acquisition mode for that specific niche. And that is like class B, class C, which the space is class uh, is workforce housing. Mm -hmm. I go in after acquisitions, set up a new team and focus on uh, creating value add opportunities. So we do remodels and interior upgrades, exterior, everything goes up to code or to create a safe, clean and still affordable environment. So do you focus on tenants where their rental payment would be subsidized by the local county? Do you partner with like housing authorities in those communities? How does that model work for you? All of the above. So I have branched out to, especially during the pandemic, to work hand in hand with on a case by case basis with those tenants that found themselves struggling for whatever reason, for all the reasons that we've all struggled in the last year and worked in getting them housing assistance, section eight. So, you know, I have a percentage of my tenants that are older African-American as well. And they are sometimes need subsidies. I've worked uh, very closely with the VA in terms of rapid rehousing. I've also worked with women's shelters in terms of rapid rehousing in case of abusive relationships. Thank you for what you do. 
really yeah. appreciate it. So you're currently in acquisition mode. You have all these relationships with different housing services and authorities. When you're looking to take down a property, what do you look for when you're partnering with your investor? Well, right now the market's crazy hot mm-hmm. and it's got to make number sense because I'm still very focused, as I said earlier, on making it profitable for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm probably a little greedier with my numbers. There's a lot of ups and downs in this business in terms of cycles. And I want to make sure that I take into account and forecast for those cycles. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually buying out some current partners. They're getting like a 20 plus percent return annually. And because I want to make sure they're happy, that's the first and foremost. I want happy partners. Mm-hmm. Those that believe in doing well and doing good are a great fit for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would love to work with more female investors because there aren't that many of us. Right. So that's great. If you're a little afraid of the numbers, that's perfectly fine. Everything that I present can be uh, calculated on an addition, subtraction, multiplication, division calculator. Want to make sure that everything is very transparent and I'm available at all hours of the day. <laughs> but those that are looking primarily to do well and do good for in a five to seven year horizon. So tell me a little bit about when you've pulled in an investor and them understanding or not understanding, you know, the nature of a syndication and what that means and how it's impacted your ability to not necessarily manage the asset, but manage the relationship. And how'd you do that? I tend to work on my belief systems, like over communicate (laughs) often (laughs) and early. (laughs) I will always make myself available, as I said. So walk them through every step of the way to make all the resources available. Yesterday, I was on a call and email communication where I connected my attorneys to help set up the LLCs and place some good standing with you know other partners. So I will bend over backwards to make the road and the journey as smooth as possible for them so that they are set up for success. Because mm-hmm. if they aren't, then I haven't done my job. Understood. So I shared that you left your full-time job to focus on real estate. What was that like? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Well, that pretty much was the answer. (laughs) Like, yes. (laughs) You know, I did it out of necessity, really, because I'm that sandwich generation where I, at the time, I had growing needs from my mother and father who are quite elderly and have faced a lot of hospitalizations in the last few Mm -hmm. years and, you know, my children. And so to be able to create that flexibility in certain sectors was an impossibility. So I had to uh, make a decision and it's a decision that almost every single woman makes every single mother, every single like daughter, you know, it's, I have this big side because especially now in the pandemic, we're all feeling that, that tightness inside, like of all these being pulled in all these different directions mm-hmm. and trying to also be present for ourselves. And this was a way for me to create that balance. It was very difficult, but uh, what I first did was I really assessed 
what I could control, which was my budget, you know, Mm -hmm. hard look at that and just kind of pared down what was really necessary, made sure I had that cash flow covered and Mm -hmm. to make sure I got out of the rat race at least for a while. And then when I entered a couple of deals, I put in my resignation and made that commitment. It hasn't been smooth. I will definitely let people know it isn't the smooth ride where you're just cashing checks and you're distributing and it feels all great. But as long as you know that you've got the minimum that once you pare down and really assess what matters, like what really matters mm-hmm. and make a decision to not have to keep up with that, with the Joneses. Mm. That is definitely key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely key. Wow. Any books you could recommend for, you know, the passive investor as they're thinking about wanting to get involved in investing or even, you know, how the impact of the multifamily investing impacts them as investors, but also it may impact their communities. So the first book that introduced me, I have a degree, I have an MBA and I've, I've done the econ and all that stuff. But if I had to choose, honestly, is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. That was the first. And then he had a game. Cash flow quadrant. Yeah. With the mouse or something or with rat. But <laughs> he literally opened my eyes to that change of mindset mm-hmm. because I was taught to, well, we were all taught to either be people pleasers or to follow a certain route. And he mm-hmm. shook my thinking quite a bit going, wow, there are other paths to follow. And I actually just started getting obsessed <laughs> when I say obsessed by listening constantly, Friday nights, et cetera, and podcasts, YouTube of Jason Dries's Mindset Academy. Okay. And that idea of thinking big. I started, as you mentioned, my bio getting into only four years ago, getting into single family homes. I realized if I wanted to serve my community and grow and focus on like a community development, Multifamilies was a great fit because I would invest immediately in a built-in community. Mm-hmm. And so an example of what I did during the pandemic was ahead of time, I created these um, pandemic care kits. So I did things like put hand sanitizers, gloves, masks, etc. I created a whole list per city, per area of all the different resources that if they needed for health reasons or for housing assistance or other related assistance. And I basically said, look, I'm waiving all late fees. If you were late or if you're struggling, let us know. We will put everyone on a payment plan if you need to. And we want to make sure that you get the help that you need if you're sick let us know. So we, the property management team was on call for one lady. We bought her groceries during the time that she was supposed to be quarantined, et cetera. So we did everything to make sure that the community was safe. Mm -hmm. Things of that nature that you could do in a multifamily space that I couldn't really do as fully in single family homes, for instance. Got it. That is awesome. Again, we definitely invest to do well and the numbers make sense. Yeah. Position stands. Excellent heart. 
<laughs> Excellent heart. Just think of these things to be able to truly support the community. So thank you very much. Any advice that you would have as we wrap up for the new passive investor that may be wanting to take their investing to the next level? What advice would you give? Well, there are a lot of free resources out there, mm-hmm. you know, so I definitely would start tapping into those. There's no, especially if you're just starting and you want to educate yourself. As you progress, I would also say focus on the small wins. There's always going to be that desire to compare yourself to others and feel like you're not enough or you're not worthy enough. And that is a mindset that we're all kind of stuck in, especially during as we're struggling from the last year and recovering from the last year. Start small, whatever that small win is. And whether it is, I can only, you could start local where you're uh, with local investments in areas. So if you are in Tucson, Arizona, and you have a little bit of money, there are always different opportunities for the passive investor to do a 25,000, 50K. My company usually does a minimum of 50K investing because we do slightly larger deals. Mm-hmm. That is excellent advice. Yeah. And we sometimes lose sight of that because we're doing just what you said we shouldn't do, compare ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. And as you stated, having coming out of the pandemic, it is important to focus on what you can control. Everything that you shared with us today. Michelle, thank you so much for your time and your insight and your wisdom and your compassion in your your multifamily investing that you're able to provide and offer to investors to help shape their lives and the lives of your tenants. Thank you. I would say that if you do have any questions or if you would like to learn more about opportunities with me, that they can reach out to thedifferencecapital at gmail.com. My name is Michelle, and I will respond to every single one of your emails. That's thedifferencecapital, spelled one word, at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you. And we will definitely have all of Michelle's contact information on our website so that you can reach out to her with any questions or any additional information that will both improve your individual lives, but also support the work that Michelle does for the local communities that she invests in. Thank you again, Michelle, for everything today. Thank you all for listening and for joining us to show our appreciation. If you are one of the first three people to contact us on our website, and mention that how much you loved Michelle's episode. We'll send you a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad so that your mindset can be shaken as well. And we take different steps to take control of our wealth. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second and give us a five-star rating right there on your favorite listening platform. And if you like what you hear on the show, find it helpful and want to learn more, go ahead and hit subscribe so you're the first to know when we drop a new episode. Thank you again, Michelle, for everything today. I truly appreciate you. And thank you all for listening. And remember, it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing with the Multifamily Investor Ladies. Thanks a mil for listening. For more information about today's episode, learn more about passive multifamily real estate investing, or to reach Linda or Lisa directly, visit us on the web at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. Thanks a mill for joining the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast sponsored by Berkwood Capital and Freedom Capital Investments.
Your hosts, Lisa Hill and Linda Brooks, remind you it's never too late to get started on your multifamily real estate investing journey. And they'll show how to do it successfully as a passive investor. We'll see you next time.